Hey, do you ever think about how we park on a driveway but drive on a parkway? No. Oh, it's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, all in all, I suppose. Oh? We're having some weird summer allergies here. I think maybe it's the barometric pressure. That's gotta be it. That darn barometric pressure. I hear that that can... um, that can hurt people's sinuses. That's gotta be it. It's summer. It's summer. And I, I, I'm I, starting this sentence because I want to explain how we got to this topic. And okay. in my head, this was the, the connection. All right. It's summer. Mm-hmm. And then I we just uh, we just had Memorial Day a few mm-hmm. days ago. Mm-hmm. And Memorial Day makes me think of parades. There's a Memorial okay. Day parade in Ironton, Ohio, where my dad is from every year. And so I thought about like a parade going down a street. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about how much parking that must remove mm. from the city as you go down. And I thought, ah, parking, a thing that it's one of those. The 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 subject this week is parking, in case you didn't pick up on that. It's one of those things that I think you don't think about unless you're doing it. Right? Or unless someone has done a poor job. Right. You don't think about parking unless you're actively involved directly with parking in some way, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to some of the stuff we talk about where it's such a social um, interaction that it kind of is like you think about it even when you're not doing it. You know, like sure. small talk or, oh, I got to go to that party later. What am I going to do? But I'm never sitting around in my house thinking, I'm probably going to have to park later. <laughs> oh, no. What am I going to do? See, I wasn't I wasn't privy to the whole chain, but I do recall as we were driving home from our festivities that someone had parked very poorly. And you remarked, how about parking? (laughs) Well, in general, people tend to park poorly. It's the thing about parking is that it's such a communal experience, but rarely are you like I'm phrasing this so horribly, but it's a communal experience usually done one at a time right because we're all in a parking lot but everybody's not parking at the same time so you Mm -hmm. park and you observe how everyone else is parked around you and your actions impact those around you but rarely are we actually there to see the effects of our parking Mm -hmm. so it's one of the reasons i think in my armchair sociologist Mm -hmm, theory mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that everybody has a tendency to park kind of bad and haphazardly because if they were parking while everyone was watching them, they would make sure that they were well within the lines, straight into the parking space. You know what I mean? Like Okay, but there's another side of that coin. The other side being that the social contract we have all entered in as drivers and therefore parkers is that we all do the best job that we can, given the circumstances. No, see, you think that because that's what you do, because you care. But I think that... Parking is a perfect example, like a really, uh, no pun intended, concrete example of the... That was pretty weak. But it wasn't intended. But it... I said no pun intended. But But, I think that 
you probably didn't need to say pun intended because I said no pun the, intended. But I mean, the connection was pretty poor. Concrete. I okay. wouldn't have thought that that was a pun had you not said no pun intended. Okay, fair enough. But the thing is, is I think it's a very clear example of the mindset that I see often in society of like, yes, but my time is more important. Right. Somebody who just like zooms into a parking place and parks like across three different spaces is like the car equivalent to somebody who cuts in front of a line at customer service because they just need to ask a question. Right. As though everyone else doesn't need to ask a question. That's what I see when someone is like, I I don't have time to park. Well, are you kidding me? I have to buy these bananas. <laughs> so then let's say in the world of etiquette and manners that the social contract we enter into is that we're all doing the best job we can. I mean, that's what it should be. Yeah, that's what it should be. Like I yeah, said. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I mean. The effect that you have in your parking is really something that you <clears> observe <throat> on others. But yeah, it's a communal experience. Everyone's sharing the parking lot. Everyone's sharing the parking spaces, you know? I, especially, I remember when we lived in L.A. for a couple of years, parking is at such a premium in L.A. Oh, yeah, totally. Like... Moving from Cincinnati to L.A., I was amazed, like, finding a good parking space in L.A. is if you can find a parking space, like, within three or four blocks. Like, you've done it. Right. Whereas yeah. I used to be upset in Cincinnati if I couldn't park right in front of my house. Like, that doesn't happen in L.A. In L.A., you could drive, you know, get home and drive for 10 minutes to find a parking place. It's true. Especially since in L.A. they are doing street cleaning, like... At on some part of your neighborhood every day of the week. And so, like, you have to constantly keep in mind, like, moving your car and making sure you're not on a street sweeping side of the street. And then you get fined. It's a whole thing. L.A. Oh, I could do an, <laughs> I could do an hour long special on the differences between parking in Cincinnati and parking in L.A. Sure, you could do it. But would anybody listen? No. They might start for the first five minutes like, okay, I get it. It's hard to park in L.A. Okay, that's clear. So so let's talk parking. about the history of parking. Well, I assume it started with cars. Indeed. Okay. Though I guess you could make an argument that people like tying their horses up to hitching posts. Well, so stables, they have existed in city centers for as long as there have been cities because that was the way that you got around was your horse and cart. I was thinking more like hitching posts. Okay. And I, mean, I have a fun hitching post fact. Oh, all right. So Collis P. Huntington, who is the founder of Huntington, West Virginia, my hometown, um, he was looking for a place to to build basically the railroad station in West Virginia. And he was looking at this um, town called Holderby's Landing. And he had parked his horse to go in and like talk to the you know mayor or town council or whatever. And along came uh, a police person or a parking person or whatever and issued him a citation for not tying his horse up properly. And Collis B. Hunting was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm I'm going to make this town incredibly rich and, and booming. And you're going to write me like a dollar citation? And the uh, person wouldn't budge. So he decided instead of using Holderby's Landing to just establish his own town. And so he built Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, because he was issued a parking violation. So my hometown exists because of parking violations. So this is the syndrome you were talking about earlier where Collis P. Huntington decided that his time was more important than the rules. Exactly. But <laughs> in the end, it worked out well because it did 
found my town which sounds like a weird kind of mtv show hey mtv found my town all right anywho well so because a lot of cities ofs were developed before the car um they had stables they had hitching posts they had things for the technology that they had at the time but during the 1920s and 30s parking really became a problem for two reasons one because the cities weren't designed for it um so there was largely only street parking and when you talk about like a metropolitan area one of the the things that you're counting on are people coming and spending money in your city right and if all of the parking spaces are taken up by employees of say said business there's no room for anybody to park when they <clears throat> when they come to come to your store and it's also important to know even when we talk about street parking streets weren't necessarily designed to be like two lanes and room for parking on either side exactly. if you want a good example of this drive like the old streets of philadelphia they are claustrophobic the first time my family went there like it is it is tight like there's barely enough room for parking and driving and it's it's interesting this is a much bigger conversation that we might have touched on in our like car um etiquette episode but it's just so weird because now we're all so used to and take for granted how much like cities rely on cars and traffic but it used to be like laws favored the pedestrian and it was all based on like horses and walking and everything. So when mm -hmm. the car became introduced, it was actually just a huge nuisance for a lot of people because the car would like get in the way of stuff and they just they exactly. hadn't planned cities around it. Also, cars at the time when they were first manufactured were pretty fragile. Um, most of them were open top or the top was just kind of a canvas covering. Uh, they were very finicky. And so they really needed to be in covered parking. They needed to be inside. So the first parking kind of stalls were modeled after horse stalls um, so that they could be and even decorated as such. So like you would still park your car with the cart at the stable. Um but there was something else that was necessitated by the event of car parking, and that is of the parking meter. Oh. Yeah. Um, so the parking meter, the story goes back to actually the University of Oklahoma, where Carl Maggie. Oh, you said that while I was taking a drink. Boomer sooner. Okay, go on. <laughs> where Carl Maggie made a, um, a contest for the engineering students to see who could design some sort of parking meter machine. Unfortunately, none of the students' entries were approved. I see. But still. And now here we are. Okay. Can I ring out for a second about modern-day parking meters? Okay. Okay. So in my lifetime, we have gone from parking meters where you pay with coins, which I always found to be a huge hassle because especially once... Uh, cards became so prevalent. This is all... Okay, gather around, children. There used to be a time where the idea of just being able to swipe your card and pay for everything was not... It was like one in ten, maybe, that in, in my lifetime, in my 34 years, it has now changed that you can swipe your card on everything, including parking meters, which made it very easy. And you didn't have to worry about carrying a bunch of quarters around with you. Now you have, at least in Cincinnati and a lot of major cities you kind of can park and then 
there's a like big kind of box meter that you print off a receipt and put on your dash um and that's you know mm-hmm. the problem with that is is that kind of trusts that everyone is going to park the right distance away from the car in front of them to leave room for a parking space behind them which most of the time is true and i also think that now cars vary in sizes from you know a hummer to you know a smart car so i get why a standard sized parking space isn't necessarily the way to go but it does rely on everybody to kind of pull up which is my biggest complaint when i lived in la is so they had very clearly painted um curbs right don't park in front of the red curb or whatever and without fail people would like park in the middle of two parking spaces because there are no lines and there was no delineation and Mm. it frustrated me to no end and i kept joking about starting a campaign called the pull up la campaign (laughs) where you just like leave little like you know note cards that just say like hey next time pull up a car could have gotten in behind you anyway so that's just my old man rant is that without clearly delineated lines People just park all higgledy-piggledy. Anyways, you were Back saying, to parking okay. meters. So, like I said, the contest it didn't exactly work out. But after the contest ended, a uh, engineering graduate and a professor at Oklahoma State got together and made a parking meter they called the Black Maria. The Black... The, the Black Maria. Black Mariah. I mean, it's spelled like Maria. That's probably Maria. I think I just maybe that's from a uh, that might be from like a Gene Shepherd story, the murderous Mariah. Yes, never mind. Go on. <laughs> um, so it is uh, after the contest, McGee. Did I say Maggie before? You did, and I but I liked Carl Maggie better. I mean, no, it's McGee. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, McGee filed for a patent. For his own design, which was based on the design of the Black Maria. He called it the Gray Maria. No, he called it the Park-O-Meter number one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was installed in Oklahoma City on July 16th in 1935. Huh. Okay. I think if you had asked me, I would have guessed that parking meters were older than that. But I also now have lost all sense of reference for how long ago times were. Because if you asked me how long ago the 90s were, I would have said, like, oh, not that long ago. Well, in fact, the 90s were anywhere between, like, 20 and 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've lost all scale. It's true. Um, can you believe it that people didn't care for the idea of paying for parking that was usually free? You know what? I can believe it. <laughs> But it only took a few business days to see that the businesses on the one side of the street where they had installed the parking meters was they were booming because people were coming and going more because they didn't want to pay for so much parking. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, right, because that makes complete sense to me. But I never would have thought of that as like a reason for parking meters of like to keep people cycling out. So it's not like, well, I'm just going to park my car here and leave it for three days you know it's like well hold on you need to buy stuff or right but when you attach money to it people get in and get out and so they don't have to pay so much money so much so that um a lot of businesses on the other side of the street 
lobbied for parking meters on their side as well. Gotcha. Um, it also solved the traffic problems and uh, relieved downtown congestion. Um, but the next thing that needed to happen was the parking garage. Uh-huh. Because you can't just park on the street and there more and more people got more and more cars. That also seemed, the parking garage seems like it would be kind of a hard sell at first because you're like, we're going to take up this real estate space mm-hmm. for room to put cars. So no, there's not going to be any like retail money generated or any rent generated. It's just for cars. And I get now that, like, you pay for those spots and everything, but it must have been like, I don't know, will people pay for parking? Or maybe they just won't come here at all. Well, of course, people are going to come there. Don't you worry about it. Well, so the first parking garages, like I said, were often doubled as horse stables. But then as the car became more and more popular, they had to build places to store the cars. And at first, they tended to look just like another building. Um and I think that once the image of the of the parking garage that you think of, um, you know, that kind of concrete spiral, mm-hmm. once that happens, I think that car- parking garages really kind of became a, an eyesore, right? Yeah. But there are some lovely parking garages. Um, there is one that I found that, is a library parking garage that's painted to look like books. Oh, really? Yeah, really cool. Um, so just because just because that concrete spiral mm-hmm. is the one that we see the most often, it doesn't mean that there can't be good ones. Well, and also you see a lot of them nowadays where it's underground parking garages and you can still build on top of it, which mm-hmm. I think is absolutely genius. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, I also like uh, what they call, uh, there's a parking garage called the Texas Circle. Okay. Where they build the parking garage and then they kind of surround it by all of the businesses. Sort of like our the garage in um, Newport down across oh, the yeah, river yeah, yeah, from yeah. us. Where So you go into the garage on one side, but when you come out, the there are you know there's the aquarium and there are restaurants and everything and they kind of just flank the whole parking garage yes i also enjoy that um, a lot of parking garages started out with lifts so that you would drive your car onto the lift you would get out and then it would place your car in a spot there's still a bunch of the i've seen those in new york city still new mm. york city and those are always terrifying to me. Here's the thing. I know in my heart that this isn't going to happen. But the thing I always picture is like it failing and just like monster trucking all the cars together. <laughs> but I've also seen like super high tech versions of this proposed where it's like it, it almost like think an elevator. But rather than a small elevator within a building moving, it's like the whole building raises and lowers. So it's like a tower that can lower down so that your car is at the level it would be and you drive straight out. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that no matter what throughout time, until we're able to teleport, I think that 
trying to figure out like how to maximize parking and minimize the space that it takes is going to be a constant engineering endeavor, right? Because right. that and like how to, I've also seen, I got really into looking at like mega apartment buildings and like ways to save space. And like you can find these designs for buildings that are like the whole building is one square block. And it goes up like a hundred stories, two hundred stories, and it's like individual communities with like parks in the middle. And, oh yeah, yeah, and it's like trying to get as many people on as little space as possible. And people try to figure out the same thing with cars, right? Because you're you're trying to, it's like an airplane, right? How do we get as many in so we can sell as many mm-hmm, like tickets mm-hmm. without costing us more in real estate? Uh, uh, excuse me, I'd like to amend my earlier. It's called a Texas donut. A Texas donut. I like that. So, I mean, as far as that, as far as garages go, I mean, there has been little tweaks to like ramps and, you know, the way that we organize them. But there's still a lot of cars in the world and they still need to be parked. So. Well, we're going to be back to answer some of your questions about parking here in a second. But first. Let's say a thank you note to our sponsors. Hello. I would like to write a thank you note to Sunbasket for a couple different reasons. One, I want to thank you for sponsoring the show. But I also want to thank you for providing us with easy to make and uh, wonderfully delicious meals delivered right to our door. It's no surprise to you at home if you've ever listened to this show before that Teresa and I are big fans of, of you know, boxed meals. and Meal subscription plans. Thank you. I couldn't, for some reason, think of it. You know, meals in a box. <laughs> Basically, how some basket works is you will get a box with all the ingredients and the instructions on how to make delicious meals in your home, make them yourself, Listen, even if you've never made anything before, it is step-by-step, sometimes with pictures, which is always nice, instructions, everything is already measured out, and it all comes together. You only have to worry about, like, olive oil and, you know, salt, that kind of thing. And there's so much to choose from. There are 18 healthy meal options to choose from every week, which include things like paleo and gluten-free lean and clean and vegan so there is something for everyone even if you've never done it before and not only that these aren't these are meals that you may not have even ever heard of before but you're gonna make them and you're gonna be like i can't believe that i've never had this before plus if you're looking to like impress a friend or your guest or a partner or whatever cooking for each other is a wonderfully communal experience i think this is the 18th time i've said communal in this episode but it really does like cooking together one of my favorite things to do is like Teresa and i take turns cooking dinner and we all hang out together in the kitchen with you know bb running around our feet and it just really feels like this nice shared experience but you can also cook for yourself because you know what you're worth it and so if you're interested, go to sunbasket.com schmanners and learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S for $35 off. S-U-N-B-A-S-K-E-T dot com slash schmanners. Schmanners is also supported in part by Zola who are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment and couple's lives even happier. Aw. Aw. Um, So the Zola registry has 
basically um, everything, much like your favorite department store. Plus, unlike the department store, you can do honeymoon funds, you can do fitness classes, wine subscriptions. I mean, the the possibilities are really endless. Um, plus, it is easy to use for couples and for guests, so the, the interface is really super intuitive. Can um, I tell you my favorite thing about it? Sure. They offer an option that they call group gifting, and I yes. love this because, like, y- you might want to put something, like, on your list, but you're like, listen, this is a, a hot, like, maybe you want to get a nice camera for your honeymoon, right? But you're like, I feel bad asking for this camera because I, I don't want any of my guests to feel like they have to buy me this expensive camera. With group gifting, multiple people can go in on big ticket gifts, and that way, you know, like, Five or six people can go in for that camera. Nobody's paying too much. You don't have to feel like, oh, I asked for too much. They can share the big ticket gifts. And because they have over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds, they have made it so that they'll even price match. They've got so much stuff that if you find it for less somewhere else, they'll price match it for you. And free shipping. Yeah, the, the amount of options you have to choose from it's better than trying to pick like one or two or three stores to do your registry at. Instead, just do your registry at basically everything, everything you could want. Sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry. So you can go to zola.com slash manners. That's zola.com slash s-h-m-a-n-n-e-r-s. Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. And Emily. (laughs) Why don't you try our podcast, Baby Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page, such as flatulence humor, Clamato, Catalan witches, Clippy, the Microsoft Office helper, death during consensual sex, and the talking mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions. Uh, if you <laughs> if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> that felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use we talk about martha stewart her pony and other celebrity horse news ben chunch every other week on maximum fun baby geniuses hi i'm ellie gertz and i'm julia prescott and we're the host of everything's Everything's coming Coming up Simpsons. simpsons Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. Homer wearing that golf outfit is I so funny. It. And there's, when he gets super into golf, he's wearing the golf hat in he's bed. bad! We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, yeah. that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but I mean, like, you, you can't say that about a lot, a, lot of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. Okay. We have some questions here. Okay. This is from Jen. When visiting someone, can you park in their driveway behind their vehicle, or should you park on the street so no one is blocked in? 
I think it really depends on um, how long you plan on staying. If this is like a 20 minute visit and you don't expect like if if your host wouldn't have to leave while you're visiting. Right. I think you can park in their driveway. If I'm going in to go and hand my friend Kelly, I don't know, a, a goodies basket. Yum. Then I would park in her driveway because I know that I'm not going to be staying long. Max, I'll stay for like a cup of coffee and then I'll head home. But if it were an extended stay, I would recommend that you try and find street parking if you can. And if you can't, just talk to your host. I'm sure that they'll let you know what's the most convenient. Like we have a beautiful circle driveway that no one ever, that no parks, one ever in. parks in. And we would love for our friends to park in our driveway. I, I think it's the kind of thing that if you park and you block someone in, when you walk in, you should say, I park behind you. Is that okay? That's a great idea too. Right. Just in case that they say like, oh, no, like he's got to leave for work. Could you go move? That kind of thing. Like, Yeah. The first thing that when you walk in after hello. I would say is that okay. But yeah, I mean, listen, drive, especially, especially if there is no street parking, park in the driveway rather than like drive around for 20 minutes. I'd rather spend 20 minutes with my friend rather than them you have to work because you can always like back your car out. I move my car to go somewhere and then you pull your car back in. Yeah. Um, this is from the Chad. Is it okay to use my body to save a spot for my friend in a car while they come around where I am to park? Again, I think this is a timing thing. Yes. Right? Is it two minutes? Five minutes? Ten minutes is starting to push it. Twenty minutes is definitely too long. I think that this is the kind of thing where if your friend ha- has let you know that they're like six blocks away or something, yes. But without an ETA of when they're going to be there and that ETA being longer than like a minute. Because here's the thing, right? Look at it this way. Imagine that there is another car who would like to park in that spot. Mm-hmm. How many times are you okay with them circling the block, seeing you standing there before you feel bad about it? And I think that that is your answer, <laughs> right? Because for me, on the third time that they drove past me, I would feel bad. Yeah, and you'd give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like parking is... It's a. It's not like saving a seat for someone, right? I, I think that it's such a commodity, right? Because you can't... Here's the difference, okay, right? Okay, okay. I'm ready. If I'm saving a seat for you, you always have the option to stand, right? I don't have the option to just sit in my car if I can't find a parking spot. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Parking spots are first come, first serve. And I think you can save it for a little bit. Right. But not not. I have heard of people in certain communities saving parking spaces with like chairs and traffic cones and things like that. And I I have to say that I don't I don't necessarily condone that behavior. But again, if this is the social contract that you have entered in, if this is a place where this happens, I think that you have to respect it because it's not illegal what they're doing. Um, And so to save your spot with a chair, I I suppose, like I said, if if that's what the community has agreed on is okay, I think you have to follow it. Now, I saw some people, um, some people asked us about like, 
and and I think this is great saving spots when like you've dug out a spot in the snow. Mm-hmm. You know I think I mean? that's when it usually happens. Yeah, like people. yeah, that makes complete sense to me. If I'm gonna, if I know like Teresa's coming home from work and I dig out a spot for her in the snow, okay, I did a lot of work to make that spot easy to park in. Like yeah, I think that's perfectly fine to save. And again, as long as there people aren't doing anything illegal, I don't think that it's it's something that you can. Uh, I mean, be good to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that's the thing. Be reasonable. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you're going to be moving and you need to save a spot for the truck to pull in, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But, like, if every day you move your car to go to work, hop out, put up traffic cones, and then park back there, that's that's not how that works. You can't. That is not an everyday thing that you can save a street parking spot for yourself. I think at that point gets a little bit ridiculous right like that's not your parking spot it's street parking um this this question is from emily at my college the only free parking is parallel parking and the streets are so small if you want to parallel park you usually end up causing a traffic jam what's the acceptable amount of times you can try to parallel park before you give up and drive off now i want to say i'm going to be honest with everybody (laughs) until dating my beautiful now wife Teresa. I was terrible at parallel parking. I just could not do it. And and I think it was because, and I still have this problem now, I always assume that the car I'm in is way bigger than it actually is. I think so, too. There's just something about being in a car and I'm like, this metal beast? And so a lot of it was like, you're fine. You're fine. It was like having another person in the car just saying, like, you're doing fine. Don't worry about it. Um, But I, I think I'm much better at it now than I used to be. But. Now I'm f- I'm very good at parallel parking, um, and I don't try more than three times. If I can't get in on that third time, I'm out. I gotta find a new spot uh, because by that point, I have I have left the cool, calm, collectedness that is needed for parallel parking, and I am freaking out about it. Right, and if I'm freaking out, I'm not gonna make it. It doesn't matter after three my anxiety takes over and I'm thinking more about the people in behind me and about maybe this space isn't right or any of that kind of stuff. So three times and I'm out. I also will say though, Emily and others like me, who sometimes it takes more than one try to parallel park. You shouldn't feel bad or guilty about people having to wait on you. Right. Because I think this is a thing that we kind of encounter a lot on this show, which is, People who listen to a show about manners and etiquette tend to care about upsetting people in a way that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I have to want to see people, like, you know, double parked. Or I'm like, do you not realize, like, especially on, like, a you know, a one-lane road, double parked. Or I'm like, so I just sit here now. Um, I live in my car. But I think it's the kind of thing where if if the person has left wherever they left, giving themselves just enough time to get where they need to next that they can't wait the two minutes it'll take you to parallel park that's on them that's a problem that they have you know what i mean sure it's much better to take your time and pull safely into the parking spot without ramming your car into the car ahead of you or behind you and let them wait two minutes rather than you try to rush it and get all stressed out and make yourself worry about it you know what i mean within reason like don't just sit there with your car blocking traffic or whatever but Eventually, they'll get past you, 
and they'll move on and it will be fine. Don't feel bad about it. I would suggest uh, use your indicators early, not right as you hit the space, but before you get to the space, indicate what you're doing and that will leave enough room for you, for whoever it is behind you to perhaps get around if they need to without backing up. So indicate early and try three times and you're out. This question, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce your, mispronounce your name, is from Wakor. Um, if there's a parking spot and two people coming from opposite ends of the road arrive at the spot at the same time, who has the right of way? Who gets to park? Is it whoever is on the side of the road the parking spot is? I, I'm going to assume that you mean like in a parking. So if you're talking about on the street, I would say yes, whatever car yes. is on the same side of the road. So you don't have to like pull a U-turn to get there. If you're in a parking lot, I, I first come first serve is my. I think it's it, it, you have to put your indicator on first uh, so that the other person knows what your intentions are. Um, and after that, it, uh, I think that you can follow st uh, street rules as far as like so. I find that this most often happens when the other car is vacating the spot, right? So someone is pulling out of the spot and they either have to back up toward you or toward the other person. And if they back up toward you, then that means that the other person gets the spot. If they back up towards the other person, you can get the spot. And that's, that's pretty much how first come first serve goes because... If they're backing up away from you, your way is clear. Yeah. Um, I, and so. It, oh, man. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not an for easy a lot question, of these things. Right? It's not it's not a super easy question. And I always just want to say. Um, why? Be good to each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's that's my thing. Is like I find that in that moment, my inclination is always to like wave the other person on, and I continue on looking for another spot. Yeah, right. And, I mean, my thing is, we don't. I try and get places early. I'm hardly ever late. I'm an able-bodied person. I can park a little further. There's there's not the urgency. That would result from me not getting the parking spot doesn't exist. Yeah, that's the thing that I've had to get over is like this certain mindset of winning at the parking lot of like finding this amazingly close spot and being the one to pull into it first. And sometimes you have not to, saying that you don't that it's not cool to look for a good spot because no, you can look all you want. But sometimes I also have to think like, you know what, the time I'm spending driving around looking for the perfect spot mm -hmm. is more than it would take me to get from the back of the parking lot to the place I'm going. Right. Um, and especially, as you said, being an able-bodied person, I'd much rather people who need to park closer are able to park closer, which is another reason. Don't, don't ever, I, I, I shouldn't have to say this, but don't ever be the person complaining that you're not allowed to park in handicapped parking spots. Don't be that person. It's not a good look. You can park further back and walk a little bit more. It's going to be okay. Get don't, those steps in. Yeah, don't complain <laughs> about that. Ugh. Um, I also, here's another uh, just general parking note, and we didn't get this question, but in L.A., 
people tended to like double park a lot. I mentioned double parking. I understand that there may be situations where like I just need to run in the house and grab something and I'm, you know, running way behind and it's only going to take me a second. One time, somebody double parked and blocked me in and I sat in my car for a half an hour waiting for them to come out, leaning on the horn, like standing in front of my car and shouting like, and I had to wait a half an hour before the person came and moved their car. That is unacceptable. And here's the thing, two things. Don't ever double park if you're going to be in wherever you're at for more than two minutes. Two, you have to keep an ear out for somebody like honking. Because, yes, it was an inconvenience. But if it was an emergency situation and you were blocking my car in, that's not cool, right? I came very close to just pushing their car with my car. But that would have messed up my car and that wouldn't have been okay. So keep an ear out. <laughs> Don't park there forever. Um, Can you tell that we uh, we did not enjoy the, the traffic and the parking yeah, situations? In general, in general <laughs> the automobile situations in L.A., not keen on it. Not keen on it. This is from Amazing Spaceship. If you're parking and you accidentally hit another car, like one that's in the spot next to yours, what's the etiquette for the situation? Do you leave a note? Do you wait for them to come back? Um, if there is any damage to the car, that's that classifies as a as a collision, and you do need to leave your uh, insurance information. If you don't, uh, just stay there yourself. Um, and I have, on occasion, opened a door into another car, leaving no mark. Um, and so if there's no mark, there's no harm, no foul. But should I leave a mark? I also need to leave my insurance information. And I think that if it's more serious than like a ding or a scratch and it's like, you slam into the car's bumper or whatever, or you end up leaving like a huge gash on the side. If you're somewhere that might have some kind of paging system, like a grocery store or mm -hmm. like a, any kind of like mall or retail thing, I think it at that point that kind of goes beyond like leaving a note and more like, okay, cool. We probably want to like talk about this and exchange information. And this might be a little bit more important than just leaving a note. Especially and I know if that, it's raining. Especially if it's raining. And I know that it seems uncomfortable. It seems like a hassle. But that is going to save you down the road so much more heartache. Yeah. Um, because it's a lot easier now in the moment to talk about how I'm so sorry and there's no damage and, and things like that um, instead of receiving a call from a lawyer. And that's the thing is in general this is also kind of – goes outside of the bounds of manners and into it's the right thing to do like if you cause damage to someone's car you also don't know what the circumstance is you know maybe they've borrowed a friend's car or it's a company car or whatever you know what i mean and like you not paying for it could be a huge deal it's the right thing to do if you cause damage to someone else's vehicle to try to make it right that said i don't think you need to stand there and wait for an hour and a half for them to come back you know to their car especially like if it's a residential street mm -hmm. where they may not come back for hours they may just be inside their house right um that said i mean if it's something you're super worried about the only advice i would give is find the nearest house like if it's parked in front of a house knock on that door and ask if it's their car or if they know whose car it is 
But other than that, I don't think you have to wait if you leave a note. Yeah. And like I said, no harm, no foul. So don't worry about if you don't leave. I mean, worry about your parking skills. <laughs> but uh, you do not need to leave a note if there is no damage to leave a note about. Uh, this question is from Heather. How much space should you leave between cars when parallel parking? Hmm. Well, so it's about the angle of parking, right? So you need enough space in the front in order to turn the wheel, right? And move a little bit. Um, so I would say that the, the right amount of space is half of the width of your car. No, that, in the front oh, width, width, width okay, half yes. of the width of your car and center yourself in between those two. Right. So you need half of the width of your car in front, half of the width of your car in back. And then you'll have enough space to back all the way up towards the other car and then turn out. You know what my kind of much more general rule of thumb is? I want to be able to walk between the front and, you know, the, the front of the car or the back of the car without having to turn sideways and kind of squeeze through, right? Okay. So, yeah. like, kind of the width of my body, you know what I mean, is probably enough to be able to eventually wiggle out of the spot, you know what I mean? So that's kind of always how I gauge it, of, like, if I can walk straight between the two cars, then it's probably okay. You know what? I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us on another just banger, exciting episode, parking. I, I really was looking forward to talking about this topic, but it does, it's not the flashiest topic we've <laughs> ever done. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. There is a ton on there. If you haven't checked in a while, like if it's been a couple months since you looked, you're going to be surprised at how many new shows there are, and they're all incredible. I, you are going to love all of them or your money back. <laughs> Psst, the shows are free. Um, you can tweet at us at SchmannersCast. Uh, you can email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for episodes or subjects you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Um, let's see. What else, Teresa? What do we normally say here? Well, we always thank Brent, Brent Brentelfloss Black for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. We thank Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful Twitter thumbnail art. And we thank Keely Weiss Photography for the cover banner for our fan-run Facebook group, which you can join by searching Schmanners Fanners. And you can join a lot of other fans there who give very polite advice to each other. And I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.